Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by the Cash App. When you download the Cash App, you will receive a $5 credit. And the Cash App will donate $5 to the Times Up Legal Defense Fund. You can't get them to give you $10 and not donate to the Defense Fund. I tried. They said no. Today on The Anecdotal Experience, Mark Borison is here. Mark and I are talking about our creative process. Just two creative guys talking about what we do to get into our uh, creative endeavors. Wow, that was the most annoying two paragraphs I've ever said. Paragraphs, I don't know. We're just guys talking about something we did. We did a, we did a couple things. Not together, but we've both done things separately, and we talk about what we had to overcome to get them done. Are they good things? I don't know. You gotta watch. You gotta listen. You gotta do all that. But we did we did things, and that's what I encourage everyone to do. Make uh, make shit, make garbage productions, because maybe one day you'll make something good. You gotta, man. You're gonna love this episode. I love this episode. Mark's got opinions. I like anyone that has an opinion. I know, I know, I like anyone that knows why they hate something. This is fun. You're gonna love this. You love me. We make out. Let's do this right now with my buddy, Mark Borison. Yeah, no, I for sure do. There's certain things, I don't know, with like jobs especially, I don't know, there are good times. Like, it's hard to really know how you feel about a job until it's over. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh, for sure. I would almost argue that's the truth for many experiences in general, right? Like, I think that people, like humans in general, we definitely, we're good at that, right? We want to keep things in a box, which is sort of interesting that I find about everything that's like kind of going on a societal level now, right? Where it's like, should we put things in a box? But there's like this constant back and forth of like, do we box this or do we not box this? And I think that comes down to experiences too, because I think every time we go into anything, everybody has their own personal preconceived notion or at least expectation of how things are going to go. And then your emotions, I think at least, can flavor that interaction so heavily that by the time you actually do it, you know, I think about myself in that regard where I'm just like, there's a lot, you know, I joked for years, I was just making videos and social commentary where I was like, I hate everything. And I just thought it was funny and absurd. Right. But then part of me was like, Oh, have I become overcritical and have I gotten too lost in this thought? And then I'm like, and then I start wondering like, is this bleeding over into who I am and what I'm doing? So now I definitely am trying to take that step back to be like, after the experience is over, let's review it and really look at all sides of the equation. And then that way I can actually have like a, a an informed opinion. And in most important, I feel like having the informed half is really the important word to me because I just really want to make sure I've like looked at all the data and I've tried to very like, you know, have a very well-rounded approach. I'm like, Oh, this happened for this reason, you know, that sort of thing. So I agree. Sorry. I'm going to go off on wild tangents on anything you say. No, I guess I, that's the whole point. That's it, dude. And I, I know what you mean. Cause it's uh cause you were, uh, you're doing what, what was that? The, what's the video series you did or, or doing? So back in the day I did the fuck it list and I, I okay. I've been thinking about bringing it back. Cause we have a we. So it was really funny. I got into that because uh, maybe to back up, I had for years and years ago tried YouTube in its infancy back when like nobody thought it was going to be a real thing. It went back when Google had their own thing called Google video and I got more hits on that. Yes, dude. I remember. And then Google, well, Google later bought YouTube and their interface was identical. It was one of those silly little things where I was like, oh, this is kind of ridiculous. And they merged everything, which was great. But I tried a lot of stupid stuff back then, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I was young. I was like just in school for media production. And I've never really been like the visual guy first. I definitely think in like my little group of friends and stuff, I kind of think of myself as like not the idea guy, but like an idea person, you know, and uh, one of the writers. Execution is and a so, good thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I got really lucky because a few years, so it all came to a head a couple of years ago. Um, I, I currently, I should mention, I currently produce commercial video for a partner of Google's that's based out of uh, Florence. Oh, cool. And for the last almost four years, uh, I've, I pretty much shepherded this whole creation of a, of a YouTube series as well as a lot of their outbound marketing stuff. And then as that channel grew, I was able to hire people and I, 
I had an intern, well, originally an intern, and now he's one of our next most longstanding employees, but his name's Tom Raines. Uh, I got referred to him uh, from NKU, and they were like, man, you got to meet this guy. I think he'll get your sense of humor. And we hit it off, and now we make all this stuff together. But at the time, I was just telling him, I was like, oh, I have these stupid ideas. And at school, I always thought about making like a reverse bucket list show where it was just like all things I thought were stupid and needed to be addressed. But nothing really seriously stupid. You know, I mean, like our first couple topics were like menthol cigarettes. And like the pretty much the whole pitch is like smoking's whatever, but menthols are way like if you're gonna smoke, you're an idiot if you're smoking menthols. What's the you know? argument? It was okay, like, what was the? I'm just curious. What like uh, we'll get back to like what's your <laughs> argument against? What's your argument that's not like the case for yeah smoking? Okay, whatever, but menthols in particular, that's stupid. Uh, our whole thing was just like we just uh, you know it really all came to a head because we were just like let's do absurd stuff. Okay. You know, and we were just like, what would be absurd? And we're like, well, we could do something like c- cigarettes are stupid. And we were like, well, yeah, smoking is bad. Obviously, there's nothing like there's nothing I'm going to say that's more poignant than anything else sure. anyone else is going to say. But we're like, we totally got to roast people smoke menthol. So we were just like mostly like, oh, can we how many ways can we make fun of menthol cigarettes? Because at the time, Holland was smoking heavily. And he was just like, I just hate it. It tastes like a mint. If I wanted a mint, I'd have a mint and then a cigarette. So we just kind of ran with this whole idea of like, oh, you probably wear a leather jacket and are certified to hang out in parking lots. And we're just trying to be kind of like, okay, so it was condescending and ridiculous. It wasn't Uh, personally. Right. It wasn't like Sierra. It was more playfully. How can we make a dig on something we don't necessarily feel this passionate about, but it'll be funny. Exactly. And I'll be honest with you, though. I guess I had a very large disconnect with the audience because I really think people think I feel this way, which I, which really? kind of almost makes it funnier to me. I think because I'm like, look, I, look, I'm one of those very direct people. If I have an opinion on something, it's typically because I tried to be informed about it. And as I was saying earlier, I was like, I definitely want to look at things from as many sides as possible. And then I'm like, no, I hate it. And this is why, or I love this. And this is why. Yes. And I can typically back it up. I'm never going to be one of those people that's like, that sucks. And it sucks because it sucks. Dude, uh, yes. You know, that's yeah. just not me. But like, yeah. it all really came to a head because one night Holland came over to the house and we're just sitting there. He's like, I had an idea, you know, it'd be really funny for you to get mad about. And I was like, what's that? He's like, Applebee's. And I mean, I, 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 you know, I jokingly refer to myself as a foodie, but at the same time, never really had any actual animosity against chain restaurants. Yeah. But then we were just like, Hey, what if we, you know, we kind of looked at it like, what if we were writing a roast of a business, you know, and uh-huh. Applebee's kept showing up in the news. And around that time here in Cincinnati, they were doing, uh, there was a lot of like local jokes being made about um, them putting in and Applebee's and Northside, which for anybody who's not aware is like definitely like an artsy community right. who would definitely not be happy about an Applebee's. So we're like, the time is right. We got to do this. And it's one of those weird things for me where I got frustrated, not frustrated in a super bad way, but where I'm like, oh, I don't know if the audience knows I'm joking about this. And I think people just kind of thought I've like lost my mind. But meanwhile, I was just like, this is hilarious. Like the more absurd, the better, you know? And then, for the last two years since that, we kind of moved away from the fuck it list format and just started doing, you know, weird movie reviews. And, uh, and I, it's one of those that at some point I was like, well, I think I'm losing the audience. I think I've gone too weird and maybe the jokes are just for me, you know, which is a terrible, right. It's not a terrible thing, but it's, it's a very helpful learning experience. So sometimes terrifying. I'm sure you understand. I do. I want to be funny and well and enjoyed by people. So when you have those moments, you're like, this is hilarious. I think this is going to connect and it totally does it. It's like, I have to have that like harsh look at myself like, well, damn, what did I do wrong? What did right. I misjudge? Well, you that's, know? The, uh, that's the fine line uh, that I see too. And I guess, you know what? I, I'm on the side of I do not care what people want, you know, because I, I would do I, if I were if I were you then I would have just continued to do the rants about Applebee's yeah. if I truly enjoyed doing it because right. You know, like uh, if you can figure out something that like both you enjoy and people want to consume, great. But doing right. something that you don't, you're not passionate about, but people like, that to me is like, what's the point, man? Like, I don't, you know, at that point, it's a job. Well said. I totally agree with that. And I think that's something I've really struggled with 
because I, you know, it's, I went to school for the production stuff and I just felt lucky getting out of school and almost immediately, excuse me, uh, how embarrassing, uh, almost immediately landing a job in my field, which I, I don't want to say is unheard of, but at the same time, you can imagine where I'm in Cincinnati. There's yeah. probably not an insane field for video producers here where I'm like, oh yeah, I can definitely get a salary job doing that. Right. And, and it's a cutthroat field. You know, there's a billion people doing it. So, I, you know, I just had that moment of like, listen, I'm just happy I have a job doing this. And yeah, maybe my first passion wasn't going to be reviewing Chromebooks for people on this end, but it's still been a lot of fun. That said, I kind of had that weird similar moment of like, yeah, I got to find that. For me, I've just been trying to find that happy medium between what do I want to create and how, how important is the audience's reaction? And so I've been struggling with that for like the last year. And what's sad is I have like four or five really good fuck it list episodes I really want to do. Like we did one on high fashion that I think is like one of the best pieces the guys I work with and I have like ever put together. But at this point I'm also like, uh, I felt like it almost hurt my professional career because I think people legitimately couldn't understand that I was just trying to be funny. Right. And was like, and they were like, do you, re- man, you get pretty worked up about Applebee's. Are you doing okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Do you really think that's, you know, I had that moment of like, you've known me for 15 years. Yeah. Do you really think that that's who I am? And then I'm like, God, what have I done as a human being to make people think that that's what, you know? And so there's been this also like almost like lightweight existential crisis where I'm like, is this who I am? You know, right. am I a raving lunatic? And the answer is partly, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's a part of you. So you know what you need yeah. to do is you need to make it, I'm serious about this. You need to make it a character. You need to make it an alter ego and give it a different name and, do it that way. Then people will know, like, you know, wear a fucking wig or something like that. And be, talk I'm into that. You know? That's a great idea. You know, I keep thinking about that stuff too. And I, you know, I was one of those that at first, I think we struggled there too, where I had this page that already had like a, you know, like five, 600 followers. So we were like, oh man, we could really easily get an audience out of that. So we didn't bother changing it. And it's something now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I probably should, I probably should have heeded your advice then. You know what I mean? And like done something. Sure. I don't know. But, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because it's one of those things that, and I, you know, I was watching your videos and content today prepping for this where I was like, Oh, I think this guy is going to get me. And that was like one of the, you know, and I'd listened to your show before, but I was like half the reason I was so excited. I was, I was like, I kept thinking, I was like, Oh, this person might, I think he's going to understand how I feel about this on the creative end. So for sure, man, it's, uh, it's in, it's interesting and it's, uh, it's difficult, especially, you know, guys like us who are trying to express ourselves and also sure. get an audience too. Cause right. I like, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but at least the stuff that you do, that's not like professional, you're not like contracted out to do. And you're like, no, this is, this is me. This is Mark's work. You know, this is what right. I'm doing. You want it. Like, I don't really, I don't want to make money from it. I just want someone to see it and like feel something from it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Fill that void for me. I, you know, I, I joke all the time. I was like, I mostly the, I, I only ever got into any of this because I, I knew as a kid, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be a filmmaker and I just made my first short film this year. It's doing pretty well on some film festivals, which is super exciting for me because there's a large part of me that's like, this will never happen. Right. right? Yeah. And getting to that point has just been sort of so interesting, but I always knew this was something I wanted to do. And for me, the whole reason I ever got into wanting to tell stories or, you know, I never really wanted to be a stand-up comic. My whole goal growing up was I wanted to be funny. Like my idols were, I had like weird idols. I just always wanted to be the guy that had the clever thing to say at the right time. Yeah. And due to, I went, so to go even further back in my life, I was paralyzed in the late eighties as a young boy And due to this, I spent a lot of time in the hospital during the full paralysis on like machines and stuff, but I was watching eighties MTV and things of that nature. So like I had these weird little character things come up. So I think about how, like I was a diehard Van Halen fan as a kid and David Lee Roth was like that guy that always had the right thing to say. And then as I got older, I started getting hip to dudes like David Letterman, for example, obviously more on the comedy end, him and Carlin who always just were like, quick witted, but they just more than anything, I could tell that they were passionate about what they were saying. And so something about that really resonated to me. So when I wanted to become a creator and do film work or 
you know, I never, like I said, I didn't want to be a stand-up comic. I just kind of wanted to be a funny person and right. do funny things. So for me, it was never born out of any direct adulation for myself. But I looked at all this stuff where I was like, <laughs> that's hilarious. I hope you all will also feel the way I do and laughing at this. And that I think is the main goal for me, right? It's like, I want you to hear a story I'm telling you and I want you to be like, wow, that's engaging and I'm hooked and I'm interested. And I, the same way I felt when great stories were presented to me in my youth, that made me want to tell stories to people. Do you know what I mean? I, which, yeah. which is what was so cool about your show because it was like, I was listening to episodes today prepping up for it. I kept joking all day. I'm like, the last episode guy, he committed check fraud. How am I going to top that story? Right. You know? <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's all, when I, when I first did it, it was that, like, I'd hear some podcasts, like, I listen to a lot of, like, comedy podcasts, like, conversational stuff, and sure. the ones I really liked were the ones where they get on these stories, and, like, they didn't even plan it, but, like, you know, it'll be, like, an hour, two-hour podcast, and for, like, an hour and a half of it, it'll be someone just explaining this story that happened in their life, and I was like... This is the best thing I've ever heard because it's a story that they're like very emotionally invested in and they're really right. enjoying telling. So that was that was what I wanted to do. But then I, I realized as I started doing it, people aren't really likely to tell those like tough stories in their life, the ones that they're really invested in. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. That was my struggle. But I think you do a good job of getting that out of people. And I mean, you know, again, not to sit here and just like advertise your own show on sure. your show. Hey, but no one, no at one the does. Same time, no one does. You're the first. So I don't <laughs> mind. So make sure and download the anecdotal experience today from all purveyors Absolutely. of podcasts. No, but seriously, what I thought was so interesting about listening to different guests on the show is I think and even though I didn't really know you, but I reached out. I was like, hey, I think we can do an interesting episode together. Yeah. What I thought was interesting is I, I had this feeling because I thought you'd get me and I obviously knew that you understood people and how to talk to them and interview them. I thought you'd be good at getting those things out of people. So there are even those times where I'm like, yes, this guest might not be the most engaging storyteller I've ever heard, but I thought you did a really, I thought you repeatedly do a good job of pulling those stories out of people who might not have wanted to tell them upon launching into the show, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So if you want me to tell some hard stories, let's sure. dive in. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I'm a manipulator, dude. That's how I do it. <laughs> aren't we all that's the beauty of the creatives right we're constantly it's all about controlling the message yeah yeah absolutely dude that's that's really it what i think that's important you know well i want to ask you like so you were do you you've like wanted to direct a short film for a long time and i think a lot of times i know for myself like that's something i want to do too and i i haven't done it yet but it's definitely a goal of mine but i have this like vision of what my movie looks like but it's there's like mm -hmm. no substance it's hard to explain there's no substance to the idea when i'm watching the movie that i made it's just like mm -hmm. little clips and like little stills and little things there's no actual story but sure it's just like it's like oh i made it's me kind of like watching the thing i made but i i have no what's the word i have no substance i have nothing to give right now it's just me sure fantasizing about this successful movie that I made. So like what, what, what was for you that vision? Cause you wanted to make a short film. What was it? The vision that you had versus what actually came to fruition? Well, so what's really funny about this is that I wanted to do this, you know, I wanted to do this forever. Yeah. And it was a lot of things where I would try to like get involved in film festivals or the big one that got me kicked off was the 48 hour film project. Right. So if you're not familiar with that, I would totally recommend looking into that. I, a professor I didn't have, but I hear students I went to school with tell me this all the time. He refers to it as filmmaking in reverse. And I totally agree with that. Except that I thought for my team, what we've been experiencing is that we've been in kind of a weird, not bad place at work by any means, because that sounds negative, but we are definitely, we've just been doing like software videos for a while. So all I'm getting at is that it's definitely not like, totally tickling my creative spot. It's fine. I'm happy to do it. Please, you know, I was one of those. I'm like, please don't misunderstand everyone. I enjoy, I love my job, right, you know, right. but you, know, you still have those little things where you're like, 
you know, I haven't drank soda in two weeks because I'm trying to be healthier, but I'm like, don't think, I don't think about having a Coke every night, you know, but uh, it's kind of those moments. So for this, I kept thinking, I was like in the team, we were all kind of in this like weird down spot. Everybody that I typically work with, we're all kind of in this place. Like, what's the point? We're just going to eke out this job and it's fine. You know, things could be a lot worse, blah, 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 but we're not having that fire behind us. And so I, you know, after years of wanting to try something like this, I found out that the 48 hour film project was coming up. And I joked that I just railroaded everybody into it. I was like, guys, there's no reason we can't do this. We make good content. Like we know what we're doing. We're not idiots. I don't think we'll make something that's terrible. At worst, we make something that's cute and fun. And we did it. And if nothing else, it tells us that we could have been doing this a long time ago. And I am definitely one of those solution focused people that like, you know, when you're, when you have those moments, you're like, man, I should have done this a year ago. I definitely try to, I might have that thought, but I immediately try to turn it into, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're doing it now. Just keep doing it and don't stop. Yeah. Yep. So for years, I joked with this friend ever since I moved to Cincinnati that I thought everybody was weird about the chili thing. I do enjoy my Cincinnati style chili, but I like whatever, like, you know, but I'm not from here. So I don't really have any direct ties to it. But as a kid, I always thought it was weird that there were two main chains for a product that, didn't really have a market in my opinion. I was like, that's really weird. Why are there two chains? And I'm sitting here thinking like, what I just, I pretty much just ran into this joke where I was like, I bet gold star chili and skyline chili are owned by the same person. They were companies were invented separately in order to create a market that doesn't exist. Sure. And it was all big jokes. So we end up going to this film project and with the 48 hour film project, they assign you a genre. They assign a character, a line of dialogue, a few parameters that you have to include. Okay. And we lucked out and they gave us mystery. And that, that was what we drew out of the hat. And I just had this moment of, Oh my God, it's the chili mafia joke we've been making forever. So it was that weird moment of where I kind of had that thought of, I think I may have figured out my happy medium Here's this absurd idea about a chili conspiracy happening in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. which is that's the joke for me. And then everything else is like more easy to the audience, a little more like it wouldn't be my first pick necessarily every time on jokes, but we were definitely trying to hit like we want to be fun. We want to make sure this is for a wide audience and not just jokes for ourselves. And so that was a big struggle. So for this, I don't know. I really was really happy with how it came out that, you know, on a, on a pre-production, like what was my dream gig? this was not the dream first project. You know, my dream first project was uh, a Star Wars film, but obviously that's wildly unrealistic. You know what I mean? But, but, you know, coming to this, so now what's kind of cool though, is that my whole team, it's, I'm telling you, doing it was so wild to watch because I can tell when things go well for us on the creative side, I get really on board. If things go bad, it definitely deeply affects me. Right. But typically in my circle, I tend to be the guy that's like, guys, we can do this. I know we can do this. We have the skills. There's really no reason we can't do this. The only thing impeding our success is ourselves. You know, I try to be that guy. Mm -hmm. So it was wild to see everybody's demeanor change since we did this. Like, what should have been a really high stress 48 hours was like this incredible bonding experience between a bunch of really talented, creative people together. It was, it's something like that was what I dreamt of where I was like, wow, I know this is just a, a six minute short film, but who knows, maybe it'll open doors. And then we did well at our competition. And then we got picked up by another film festival. And now I'm sitting here thinking like, Hey, maybe we might be decent at this, you know? So now we've been, it's really been great because the last month we've written two more short scripts. We've got a bunch of ideas and we've got a couple other things in the pipeline that I'm just kind of shocked we're even getting the opportunity to do at this point. So, you know, I, I guess my thing is I go back to Sam Raimi's advice, which is just make something. Yeah. It might suck, but just do it. So what I thought was so interesting when you were talking about your idea about it being so visual is that I feel really privileged in that I have the opposite problem you do. Whereas I'll have ideas for like, little sequences or maybe like jokes or, or, or lines of dialogue and things that I want to have, but I cannot visualize anything about it. Like I couldn't tell you what it looks like at all, but I got lucky in that my, that Holland was just so good at that. And then we just work so well together. It's, it's, I don't even know. It's, I really am stammering just because I really don't know how to express my thanks and gratitude for having someone in my life that I felt like, again, on a creative level, we really had a sort of an interestingly symbiotic relationship, you know? Yeah, that's very cool. And I have not met that person for me, 
but I am looking for my creative soulmate because there are a lot of things I suck at, you know? Um, and I don't know, what about this idea? I find a lot of times I'm not a good collaborator. I don't, I'll have, I'll do videos and stuff. I'll have people in them and I'll tell them like, hey, um, I'm not soliciting feedback. I'm not asking for your input. I just need you to act in this or I need you yeah. to DP this. Um, if you're not cool with that, that's great. So I, I struggle with um, that. That's like, that's fortunate that you have someone that you're like, okay, I can leave the, you know, the editing, the lighting and everything up to Holland and have <coughs> him do yeah. it. And I trust him that he's going to do cool stuff. So right. that's like, I sometimes, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, I sometimes think too, like if, if I was working with someone and they're like, Hey, I want to do this. I'm also that guy that's like, Oh, well, what if we do this? I'm, I'm occasionally good at adding something to a good idea that already exists, but okay. usually I'm not the first idea guy. You know what I mean? But I, by the way, I totally feel you on that struggle with people because sometimes you kind of just have to be like, listen, you're a tool today, not the creative. And if you want to be, please make your own film and I will happily be your, your yes. you know, person there. Yep. And not that I won't listen to feedback because I also one of those people that's like, Hey, because I want to have a well-rounded approach to things. I'm totally good to hear what you're saying, but then, you know, and I'm sure you've seen this too, where someone will suggest something and you're like, Oh, you just don't understand what I'm doing. And that's okay. Yes. Yep. You know, and there's no animosity there. It is. And that's a weird thing because I think so many egos get into this. Yeah. That you have to constantly walk carefully with people and be like oh dude i wasn't trying to be mean yeah i just know what i want and i i don't think i was getting in the moment this is no different than anything else i would hope you would show me the same you know the same courtesy and treatment the roles were switched that's and i so, that, that's why i try to cut it off at the very like beginning where i'm where i'm like hey i'd like you to do this but only this um right. if you want to if you want to do something i don't want to be involved with the idea, I just want you to tell me what you want from me. I'm going to give you that. If you trust me to do one thing, I will do that thing, but I will do nothing else, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. I will be expert. You want me to stand here and hold this time? Done. It'll be perfectly done. I'll be a tree, whatever you need. I'll make it rain out here, yep. you know? Exactly. Uh, it's so funny you know by the way and so because i'm i'm definitely that way as well i find that i also don't branch out very often to other people Same, yeah. and i think about how many funny people and how many creative people i know that i'm always like that would be so awesome to do something together but this weird thing i found i keep and i, I guess i'm gonna announce it here first that i always find that this is the case for me is that when i need help no one has any desire to be a part of it. I'm like, I got this great idea. I think it's funny. I would love for you to collaborate. And it'll be one of those moments where I'm like, please give me your creative brain and thoughts on this. Yeah. And like, and, and then it's usually, it's not even a no. It's often because people are so weird for whatever reason about saying no, which is bananas. Because if anything, I'm prepared to only hear no. Like you're going to only talk me if you say yes. But I find that, um, where is it going with this? Well, no, oh, people, I know what you mean. People don't like saying no. I understand that. Oh, yeah. And so you kind of have to get that groove of, you know, I was just watching that. Oh, damn, I really lost my train of thought of that when I had, I felt like I had, oh, oh it was that, um, that when I need the help, there's no one available or interested. But then when I'm like working on a project and I'm like, damn, this is good. This video is going to be awesome. Every person I've ever met that has even looked at a camera in my life is like, hey, you need an actor? You need an editor? Yes. You want me to read the script? I'm like, no, I wanted you to read the last script and you had no time for that. This one's awesome. I don't want you to even touch this, you know? Right. And, and not to be rude, but it, again, that's the same thing where I'm like, oh, I have a pretty solid vision here. I want to make sure that it goes the way I want and I don't want to be rude, but at the same time, I agree with you. You got to nip that in the butt immediately because as soon as it gets too far, that's when the weird problems start happening where you have those moments where like, yeah, I'll shoot the way you want, but it's not going in the edit and that everybody's like a little too weirdly aggressive, but... Yeah, and that's well, here's another uh, here's another thing I've experienced. I, this is the reason I think most people, especially uh, let's just put it in the world of shooting a video, shooting a sketch. Pe I think the the reason most ideas never come from n never come to fruition is for this reason: no one wants to hold a boom mic. That's it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. 
if you want if you want someone to hold a boom mic, you pay them. You give them money because it's a yeah. shitty job. There's no glory. It's not creative. You pay them money to hold a boom mic. You know. <laughs> That's too funny and too accurate. That's it, dude. Think about it. If someone's like, hey, hey, Mark, we're shooting a video. I know you're into it. Uh, I know you're into stuff like that. We need a guy to like kind of do sound and like hold the boom mic and stuff. Can you come over on Saturday and be here for four or five hours? Right. And like you have to, you will definitely be sweating and your shoulders will hurt. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you You know it. You know how it goes. Oh yeah, that's what I. That's at that point where I was like, "Oh, I can't do it." But here's somebody I don't like. Call them. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Because like you're, you're it's like two drills. Yeah, like you're blessed enough. You have a team. You've got a group of guys that you're like guys or gals, and you can say, "Hey, we're doing this. This is the team. The squad's doing this. Everyone's involved. You're all in this together." Like the, having that, yes. but like coordinating schedules with people that don't really want to don't really want to help you they don't have that passion is like pulling teeth like um a friend of ours uh do you know joe shelby do i know i'm so sorry the connection finally gets a little bit what was the name um joe shelby he's a comedian in cincinnati lives in new york now but um he was i'm sure i've seen him in on Kurtz's posts or something fun over the year the name sounds very familiar i'm sure i've seen him super funny hilarious dude but he wanted to do kind of this uh like uh sitcom uh like single cam pilot for something like go bananas like a like a store and it was a really great idea he wrote the script it was really great but i knew i was like man you've got too many there's too many moving parts to this and you're counting on too many people you know like you can't number one problem yep that's it people flake people don't want it like you said people don't want to say no you know they want to say yes but do they actually want to do it no, you know what I mean? Right. Honesty is key. And that was the paranoid moments I had leading up to 48. I kept telling Holland, and there's a couple other people that are really close. Like our buddy James Morlock is a musician, and he does all of our audio stuff. And I, I kind of feel bad because I was like, wow, you're so talented. But for the most part, during the day, like he'll do all the work and post, but he's also the guy holding the boom mic, right? So I always right. feel bad about that. We've got, we've got another writer, producer, Alex Kogan, that works on this stuff. And it's like, I knew those guys were going to show up regardless. There was never a moment in my mind where I was like, the three of you know, those three dudes are definitely showing up. Can I count on literally anyone else? So for me, it was this like beautiful eye opening experience. I am such a cynic because I just, I've been burnt so many times, you know, and it's one of those things like why I really don't reach out to people. I, I you know, I kind of lived this like oddly insulated life the last five years where I'm just like, Sorry, other creatives. I feel like I just got to do my own thing, you know, and, and getting the moments where I'm like, I just don't want to get burnt by someone who's like, yeah, I want to do it. And the day of is like, oh, sorry, dude. I got to like pet my cat today. Yeah. And I'm like, like go what? fuck yourself, man. Like if you <laughs> yeah, didn't want to do too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's the, it's the, uh, it's just that like, you gotta, you've got to get people involved. Like the guy you said was holding the boom mic and he was doing sound and he was doing the music. You need to talk to him in a way to say, how can I get you psyched about this project? How can I get what? you passionate about it? Cause if you're not passionate about this, if you're doing this as a favor to me, like right. you're not going to do a good job. You're not going to want yeah. to. And that's not, that doesn't make you an asshole. It just makes you a human being. Right. Because we all feel that way. Yes. And so and that, I, I think that's why I'm always so baffled by people being like afraid to say no. And so to go back to all the fuck it was character thing, I think because I had that weird thing where I, I've, and maybe it's me just being paranoid and arguably delusional about this, but I definitely feel that I've had this weird experience the last few years where people really think that I'm that lunatic. So I almost think they're afraid to talk to me now. And I find that so weird because I'm, I mean, you're fucking me now. This is who I obviously am. I think anybody, you know, I definitely have some of those yeah. passionate thoughts about things, but I'm never typically, I'm never like actually hateful, really. You know, I mean, I think some things are stupid and I'll tell you why, but it'll be, you know, I'll try to give like a good story. It's like, here's why I think this is, good. here's what I think could be better about this, you know, but who am I? So. No. Yeah. I, I know. I know exactly what you mean, man. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a, uh... It is a struggle, dude, being a creative yeah. person, having ideas and trying to work with other people. It's uh it, it's it's like there has to be a lot of times uh 
you have to pay people. People don't realize that. If you want right. to do something, sure. the investment a lot of times comes down to you want to make a short film, right? Or you want right. to make a feature or something like that. People are like, how can I do this on the cheap? How can I call in favors? The right answer right. is, do I have $5,000? Do I have $5,000 to do this right? That's the question. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's like a nightmare to think about. I mean, we really, we struggled with, I mean, the 48 hour project is like a no budget short, right? You know, I mean, we even struggled there. I was still like, I can't believe all these people agreed to it. Well, I at least got to feed them, you know, but then you start yeah. thinking like, man, catering for 10 people for two days yeah. is, you know, I'm, you know, we're creatives. We don't make a lot of money. Nobody wants to pay us, you know, <laughs> like not to be rude. That's just sort of like the nature of the business, right? For it's sure. like on a bit, on a business level, most companies are often looking at us like, yeah, I understand that I need social media and I need videos and shit for visibility, but I really don't want to pay for it. And because I don't understand what you're doing, I definitely don't want to pay for it. Yeah. So I totally understand that. And we got really lucky that with this, like, you know, I have to, uh, for all of the sadness I've never felt about my creativity and you know, I'm sure, I know we all go through it. Where we're like, there's no love. What's the point of this? Nobody cares. And that's never really the truth. Right. Right. But I think I got really lucky and I was able enough to also inspire a few people to want to do something with me. And I felt like at the end of the day, I joke, maybe that's my only actual skill is being able to talk a good enough game <laughs> to get people to back me up. And we got lucky where, you know, I told Kogan, the, uh, who's one of the producers and a writer that works on all this stuff and has for years, I told him years ago, he's like, you know, when I, when I first got a talent agent and started getting booked in commercials, he's like, I know this is going to happen for you. He's like, please don't forget me. And I promised him that day. I was like, this works. Like, I want all to make something together. Yeah. And I want to be validated for all these times that we've tried so hard to make things that people just kind of laughed us off and like, yeah, whatever they're doing, something stupid. You want dumb things? Well, Demar, take your shirt off again. <laughs> yeah. And all this stuff. But I got lucky enough that Kogan, he's been working for the railroad industry for a long time. And he's like, I've been saving money because I don't want to work on the railroad my whole life. He's like, I wanted to be a writer. He's like, I just don't know how to get there. He's like, but you seem like you kind of know how to get there and maybe you can get us there. And so now we're like, diving in and he's been great for that. And so we've been really lucky in that we have somebody that's like, I would never go so far as like, he's a financier. But yeah. if we get into those clutchy moments, we're like, hey man, we might need a couple hundred bucks or something to make this work. He was that guy that was like, no problem, do it. I'll make it happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So we got super lucky there. I just wish we knew a millionaire now so that they could pay him back, so. Sure, yeah, no, that's the, uh, well, I, I think, and to that point, like even, you know, you just saying like you getting someone to, front you money in you saying are you getting people to help and having that skill of coordinating and making sure people are where they're supposed to be at the same time that what? that's you know what because i did a i did a show like a live show um mm -hmm. in cincinnati like a year or two ago and the thing like that was the main thing i realized it's like man if you can find a partner if you can find someone to be involved that can just get people where they're supposed to be at the right time right. and know the information they're supposed to know that is so valuable if you have an organizer oh, sure. that's it that's amazing yeah it's like one of those weird intangible skills that we all kind of forget is a skill yes you know yes. i guess because it's like there's no depending on who you're talking to it's like there's no necessarily like direct monetary correlation you know there's again because it's such an intangible thing it's like I find that that's what's been weird about the social media age and i think that's like been a weird part that's been helpful successful for me and I, now that i'm talking about it out loud i'm like oh that makes a lot of sense you know i think that's how i've ever looked into gigs doing little mc things because i'm like oh i don't even know if you think i'm a good mc i think you just know that people will come hang out with me if i do a show you know what i mean Yes. And I have to assume that whoever's holding the tickets, they don't really care about what I'm doing. They just want to make sure that those tickets sell, you know? You you inherently have value for that reason, you know? Which is weird. Yeah. It's a weird world that we've created for ourselves. I'm very interested in it, but I still think it's strange, you know? Well, it's your, um, you know what? Yeah, it is It is a weird world, but what I call that is I call that the Mark Borison platform. That's your. That's it. That's what you bring. That's your reach. And what we're all that's looking, awesome. Yeah, when we're, that's what we're doing. When we're looking for, when we're trying to do something, we you get people involved who you know have reach. So you're saying, so maybe like maybe you're maybe like you're a dog shit 
everything else, but people will fuck with whatever you make, right? So right. people will be like, oh, I need to get that so guy. So you do know me. What? <laughs> I said, oh, so you do know me. Exactly. That's why I'm having you on the podcast, because I know people will listen to it. <laughs> I just meant the part about making dog shit aside. Exactly. <laughs> but you know no, what I'm saying, though? You know, like, I mean, I've had people on this podcast that I've known, you know what, I don't think this is going to be a great episode. Like, I don't really like what this person, not even like they have bad opinions or anything, but I'm just like, eh, I know I'm not going to really get what I want from them, but I do know they will share it on Facebook and people will listen to it. So I'm like, eh, sure, I'll do it, you know? Yeah, it's worth its weight in gold. Well, I mean, whatever gold is actually worth these days. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't worth anything, but, you know, at least I got, I was like, yeah, got people in. You know, people now know it got me, it increased my Joey Bertoff platform, you know. See, and that's important. And that was, again, and that was sort of one of those reasons I reached out to you the first time, too, where I was like, I think we have, we, I noticed, you know, just in my research, I was like, oh, we have a lot of similar friends. We obviously ran in some similar circles. I wouldn't be surprised if you and I have been in same, the same room multiple times throughout the year we without sure knowing it. Yes, we have. You I know? knew it. You didn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. That, like, oh, God. That, that, makes me, that makes me feel no, even I'm worse kidding. now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, you know, I looked at it that way, too, where I was like, this is a cool show. It's an opportunity for me to be myself and yeah. be very honest and also hopefully you know because i love the local comedy scene here but i always joke i'm like i think they all hate me <laughs> you know what i mean sure yeah. and then again i think it's that like weird delusional you know paranoia i'm just like you know but one of those weird things i've always felt about cincinnati and this really goes back and not has nothing to do with actual comedy but really more about uh, my experience with all comedians, like, and going back to when I was playing music here, like 10, 15 years ago, but I always got this vibe from a lot of people that there's this weird feeling of like, if one person succeeds, that somehow hurts another person's chance of being successful, which doesn't no. make any sense to me. No. You know, I, uh, I was doing, I've been doing a radio show for a local station here a little while back. I had this guy in that was doing a thing. He's been doing a, uh, podcast about rappers and has been doing really well about it on the local end and there was something he kept bringing up he's like you know i kept meeting all these people that were like almost aggressive at, at other musicians for no reason and he's like i just look at it like if one talented person from the area pops off hopefully that puts a spotlight on everybody because then it's like anything else you know mm-hmm. this is just a typical trend with any sort of entertainment i find where it's like you know, look at it in waves of music or movies. Like, here's a great example. Marvel makes a billion dollars every time they release anything. It could be a piece of shit for two hours on screen. Yeah. It's making close to a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So everybody else wants into that money. So now every big blockbuster is like superhero adjacent, at least, right? right? And so I would assume the same thing works with anything else. So I keep thinking, I'm like, hey, if we can get some attention on local filmmakers in Cincinnati, that should be good for all of us, even if someone gets the gig first. But hopefully I just keep being like, well, I'm from here. And if they're looking at people from Cincinnati, that might make me on the list, you know? Yeah. And I, I think uh, along with that point is people, people don't get this. If you get successful, you will bring people with you. You know, you will sure. bring the people that were beside you. You will bring those people that collaborated with you and supported you. Yeah. Like you your success is their success so a lot of times you know let's just take like comedians in general maybe if there's like competition among comedians in a particular city you may be like well fuck that guy you might talk shit about a guy right you'll like talk shit and that's like human nature i'd be like sure the idea that no one talks shit is like another weird thing that we lie about i'm like we all talk shit it's fine it's like human nature sure you know it is and i i do it too it's not it's an ugly habit but it's something i also know it's fine if my um if my shit talk gets back around to them, and usually I'm talking shit about someone I think's better than me. So if they get successful, they're not gonna be like, oh, that guy, like he talks shit about me. They're gonna be like, oh no, he's my friend, he's my buddy. I'm gonna take like him that guy's with cool, me. like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? I just you know it's funny, man. I for so long, Joey, I just really felt so alone in all this stuff. Yeah. And so it sucks. And like a part of me is like, man, it's really depressing that it took me to like my mid thirties to feel like I found someone to work with. Yeah. 
that I like fit in with. And that was like, Oh, you get me. You know what I mean? And there's that weird part of me that at first was like, man, this is really depressing. It took me so long. And I've been, I've been at this for like 20 years now, you know? Right. And to just finally now be like, I wouldn't even call myself successful at this point, but I guess that's sort of the name of the game, right? It's like, as you get better opportunities, you're like, that's not success. You know, you constantly yeah, move the bar you on yourself. feel like you're successful. Yeah. For sure. And so like, I'm sure someone else would be like, dude, you know, like, like I just, I'm on, I'm on a commercial tomorrow for Hyundai. I don't know if I can say that, whatever. But you know, I got, like, got booked on that. It was kind of last minute and unexpected, but it's one of those things that are like, to me, I'm like, great, but why isn't it a film? Whereas my friends are like, dude, a commercial looks so great. And I'm like, it can be better. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and, that, and that's another one of those, again, that creative struggle. So I don't know. I just, you know, I, I guess I just feel really happy in a lot of ways too. I've been trying to be very grateful about everything. I'm like, you know, things could be so much worse. I could just be still writing Facebook posts to my friends. And that was the extent of my creativity in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was how many ways could I tell someone that people that back in the parking spaces are assholes, you know? And the answer so far is three. If I go back to my time hop, but yeah. you know, aside from that, no, I, yeah, that's what I, I mean, you know what, like, they say comparison is the thief of joy, but I think, like, mm-hmm. comparison, like, gives you gratitude, though, because I do that, too. Like, I look back on where I was four years ago and what creative stuff I was doing, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, I was doing stuff that wasn't really working for me, um, but it took just trying new things to get where I am now, and I'm not, you know... I don't make, I haven't made a dime off this stuff, but it's definitely something now where people know me, people know me, they've seen my stuff and I get a lot of feedback from it. And I'm, I think that's so cool. I I mean, dude, honestly, your video engagement alone was super awesome today. Just going through your page. I was like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? That was like my first thought. I was like, cool. And he's, and I kept like, you know, watching through some of the clips, I was just like, this is awesome because he's really creative and he's also doing his vision. And I think that's so cool. And that's something I really respond to it. You know, I, I'm sure you obviously can tell I'm pretty passionate about these things. Yeah. So when I can see that in another creator, it like makes me so happy, you know? Right. Yeah. You, so, you get it. You're like, Oh, he's, he got it. He like found it. Now he's, and then you're actually doing it, which is like you said, the Sam Raimi thing. It's just like, go do it. Go, maybe, maybe it yeah. sucks, but maybe it doesn't, but just go do it, you know? Yeah, at, at the risk of quoting an Adventure Time episode, yep. there's a quote about that. Uh, sucking at something is the first step at being good at something, Yeah, you know? And so I think people get stuck in that. And like, you know, I'm sure we've all worked perfectionists before. And that's like one of those, one, that's always, that's like the one thing I haven't really figured out how to work with well yet is somebody who's like super perfectionist about things yeah. where, he's just, where they're like, you know, we got to do this. We got to do that. And I, you know, I'm very much of the opinion like, well, no, we have a job to do and let's get it done too. And you know, sometimes perfection is great. And sometimes it's all, you know, uh, a bottleneck and a stumbling block. But yeah, I don't, for me, you know, I've done, it, it is tough, but I will not cut corners, you know, cause I've, mm-hmm. I have made videos that I've totally scrapped because I've realized like, oh, I didn't get it. I didn't have all the shots I needed. I couldn't sure. make it cohesive. I didn't have an ending. And it's not, you know, I'm not going to just put this out here because I did it. I'm just going to, you know, I've done that. So it's like that to a degree. Some people might be like, oh, you're too much a perfectionist. You just put something out there. But I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm not proud of it. So I'm scrapping. And that's, that, and that makes sense to me. I, you know, I keep thinking every so often that you'll like, you know, because I've gotten to work with like other people at like my level where I'm joking every so often. I'm like, listen, guys, none, neither of us are David Fincher. I don't think we needed a hundred takes of a two sentence exactly. uh, yeah. read. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm with you on that too. I mean, but that's, again, it's your vision. So it should be up to you, not anybody else. Right. I, you know, there's always something that's weird where, and there's that thing too. And we see this a lot in pop culture where like the audience feels oddly not responsible, but what's the word I'm thinking of? Like they almost claim ownership of your baby. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're right. It is. I find that odd. Yeah. No, that is true, man. I don't know, but it is something I do. I mean, like you said, now I, I don't run into that as much because like you said, the adventure time quote, like it takes sucking at something, you know, it, the sucking at something is the first step of getting better. So, right. Even with that experience, when I scrapped the whole thing, 
You know what? I didn't mm-hmm. even feel bad because I was like, you know, I know exactly what I fucked up. You know, right. I know exactly what it was. And a lot of it, it's like, for me, in that particular instance, it was movement. I learned that doing a scene with a lot of movement is very mm-hmm. difficult. So if you can cut out a lot of the movement, you can make something a lot easier, you know? Oh, for sure. Especially if you're working in, like either by yourself or in very small groups. It's funny to me how often I'm like, oh, we only have me doing this today. All right. Looks like everything's sitting on a tripod. A lot of just cutting. You yeah. know? Same, dude. But, That's me. It's like, yeah. okay, what can I do? Like, I don't have a camera guy. So now I film my, vi- like one thing I did is I, I have a TV and I, I bought an HDMI cord to hook up to my camera so I can watch myself and, you know, pull focus. That was something I didn't Dude, have. that's awesome. Yeah, but it was a lesson I learned because it was like, oh, I'm getting like fuzzy shots because I'm not pulling focus because I can't see my viewfinder. And then once I exactly. just was like, oh, I bought that and I'm like, oh, I'm getting so much better at this and I'm getting faster at it, you know? That's awesome, dude. That's it though. I mean, you get it too. It's just, you know, everything oh, absolutely. is absolutely better. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, so last year we've been sitting on this pilot. We've been sitting on like a few scripts for this pilot forever. And I, last year it was one of those weird times where we were struggling to get people to just like be able to help us produce it. But it's one that I've, I've never released. I never showed it to anybody because it was like, I wouldn't say I was embarrassed of it, but it's definitely not good. Right. Like, and it's one of those things I would definitely show to someone else to be like, here's why it's not good. And I can go through like everything. I'm like, yes. okay, our shot choices are kind of bad uh-huh. and the joke timing's off. And maybe we should have had a better actor in this part instead of this, you know, those like little things like that. Yeah. But I totally get it. And, and, but it's one that like, I keep going back to and I really want to do something with, but it's kind of like a co-project, but my co-writer is definitely, he's just, scatterbrain so i'll joke in like six months it'll come like i got another script randomly right i do yeah that's interesting i do like that's funny you bring that up because i i worked with a guy for a little bit out here um he left me he went back to indiana but he we did a couple videos together and he did a short film and he put money into it he bought you know he like he rented a space he rented a studio he got he hired actors um it's awesome yeah it was awesome but he was like it turned out bad it turned out bad but and he didn't put it out but he was just like here i'll show you and then he explained to me he's like here's what i you know here's what i regret here's what i should have done he's like yeah i'm not gonna release it and i'm like you know what dude it does suck it's bad and you know why it's bad and he is so much of a better director having like gone balls deep into it and just made a pile of shit like he's great now he's good at you know he's good at directing right yeah that's so cool though and i and i and that's like one of those things that i think i wish that's something that we could instill upon more creative people in yes. general that like doing something bad is not necessarily a problem but you also sometimes like i'm sure we've met plenty of people that we could be like wow, you don't think your shit stinks, do you? Yes, dude. Whereas I feel the opposite way where I'm like, no, if no one thinks my shit stinks, I need to be 100% aware that it smells really bad. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to make sure that I smell my shit more than anybody else. Yeah, you do. But that's, I mean, but not, you know, it's it's a balance. I think I'm, one thing I think I am good at is I am, very self-aware i'm i know what i'm good at i know what i needs work and i'm not gonna get a pity party around me and saying like oh i suck at everything because i don't suck at everything but there are things i can always get better at you know absolutely absolutely and knowing that's huge i mean hell dude you can imagine like one of my it's funny because i i never really wanted to be an actor like Mm -hmm. i mean i joked like like i said earlier like Dave Letterman was really that dude that kind of put it over the top for me. And I always joked, I was like, I just wanted to be funny enough to be like the coolest guy in a conversation. Like, I just wanted to make sure I never was at a moment in my life where I didn't have something good to say. But I always kind of joked, I was like, when Letterman's done, I'm taking his show. Like, that was kind of like where I wanted to go. And like, thinking about that sort of thing, um, where I I keep losing my train of thought with these stories. This is the worst anecdote ever, where I'm just like, oh man, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? No, yeah. And then I lose my train of thought. I just drive off into the station. Holy crap. No, I, I know where you're. Yeah, I know, dude. I, I know where you're going, dude. I feel you. It's just, oh, man. I can say, this is just such a wonderful experience so far, Johnny. Thanks. And like, not to, not to jump in there, but thank you, by the way, just for having me on in the first place. This has been 
Yeah, it's, of course. Oh, man, I just love when you connect with another creative and you get that and you're like, oh, self-awareness. And it's so rare to hear. Oh, that's what I was going to say is going as an actor on these gigs. Man, talk about people who lack self-awareness yeah. for a career that is really based on self-awareness is actors. Holy crap, dude. Like, it blows my mind. Like, you know, I never want to be like a hater in that regard, sure. as it were. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, wow, I like coming to every audition thinking like, well, there's, I might not get this, but I'm hoping this could be a learning experience. But then I feel like half the people are just like, I'm an actor. I've done films. And I'm like, yeah, you did some local dude's shitty horror movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, relax. Like, you, nobody knows who you are. And I, don't think, and I don't think even if somebody did know who you are, that you should be allowed to be shitty to people. Yeah, you, you, don't, know? you don't have a name. You don't have, you know what I mean? You don't have, you don't bring any value to this production other than right. it, what your actual raw acting talent is, you know? Right. And I, hopefully that's awesome, but we'll see about that. If you walk, I, it's one of those things where I'm always like, if you walk into the room telling me your shit doesn't stink, all I'm going to do is start sniffing. Right. You know? Yeah. But no, and acting's an interesting thing. Cause it's, uh, and, and I've been, so I've been doing, uh, like improv lately and, oh, and, cool. and obviously like, you know, doing my, the sketch stuff, but it's even when I'm in my apartment and it's just me and I'm filming myself, it's, it's a vulnerability thing when you really do it. Like acting, yep. people think acting is easy. You know, you just go up, you say your lines, but it's like, no, you gotta be it. You and that's, exactly. Yeah, you have to. It's like you have to convey to an audience that you already lived the lines you're telling them that you lived. Yeah, and it's that's that's ultimately why I hate big blockbusters and stuff. It's because it's like, no, this isn't. Nobody has ever experienced this situation. A conversation has never been this fast paced. Like. Right. It's like, man, if you're really going to do... That's why Louie is my favorite show. Just because when you're watching it, it's like, dude, this is what life is like, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude, absolutely. That show was so wonderful. And it's like, it's really disappointing that he, you know... Yeah, it's too bad. Did what he did, you know what I mean? Because it's like, man, it sucks because you obviously had a pretty good handle on like a real portrayal of like... You know, I'd watch that show all the time and think like, oh, wow, have I not experienced this before? You know? Right. And, and it felt so real. You know, there's a, a show that my fiance and I have gotten really into in the last few years called Peak Show, which oh is like a British God. comedy I show. You're, I cannot believe you're referencing that, dude. Go on. In a, yeah. I hope you're saying that in a good way, right? In a good way, dude. It's my favorite show. <laughs> Go ahead. Me too. Yeah. We are like embarrassing fans about it. And it's yeah. funny to me because that's another one of those shows that I'm like, oh, it's funny because it's, you know, yeah, it's a little absurd. It's a little sitcom at times, but I'm telling you, I like literally, there's not a moment in my life that goes by that I'm not like peep show did it. You know what I mean? Or here's a relevant quote to match this scenario. Yes. Thanks to that. But it's, it's interesting when you find projects or, pro, you know, pro, well, products really like that, that really feel like real. Man, I miss Louie. I'm really, oh, did you watch the, I forget what the name of the show is. But it was uh, the the show he was producing for. Uh, I know the actress's name, Pamela Adlin. I only I only remember that because she was the voice of Bobby Hill. But she was the the friend slash almost love interest, little brunette girl yeah, on Louie. And then she has her own show. Better things. That's wonderful. I think it's called Better Things. Better things. That's right. I watched a couple episodes. I was like, I love this. She's wonderful. I hope this blows up. And then I got rid of cable. So I hope things are going well for her still. Okay, I will check out. I will check out that show. I've heard good things. Um, it honestly, it kind of you can definitely tell CK had something to do with the production great. a little bit because it's shot like Louis. It's got kind of the, it's it's almost like I joke if they did a Louis show, like if they did Louis from the perspective of a single mom instead. Okay, yeah, no, that's, at uh, least from like the two, you know, like the two or three episodes I'd watched. That's like probably my best take on it. So I think you might enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, no, and especially, dude, that's funny. You, I was about to reference Peep Show, but Peep Show does the best job of like inner monologues and it, like oh my making God. making your main characters human garbage because we are all so shitty all the time. Like our inner monologues yeah. are like, you know, we'll like we'll be mad at our moms, the people that love us most, and we'll just have these awful thoughts about you know people that yeah. love us, and it's it's human and it's okay. 
you know, right. it's life. Like it's Mark, all part of the experience. Yes, like Mark Corrigan is a good guy, but is he flawed? Yes, and are those flaws funny? Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, there's. Oh my gosh! I mean, how many other people could tell me the business secrets of the Pharaohs? Yes, you know? dude. <laughs> it's so. It's just like. Man, he's such he is such a real character. He's three-dimensional oh, sure. and you're just like he's, you know, he's like he wants to be cool, he wants to be but he also wants to be smart. Uh Right, and it's like that constant back and forth battle where he's like not sure what to do. Oh god. Yeah. And I you know, it's funny like I've I've had a lot of electronic musician friends over the years and I'm just like, wow, I had no idea that they were like a trope in and of itself. And then you've seen jazz. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh my God, I've been hanging out with you my entire life. I had no idea. Yeah. It's- if you like that, I would highly recommend that uh, Robert Webb that plays jazz. He released a book last year called how I'm trying to forget. There's so many negatives and it's like how not to not be a boy or something like that. Okay. But it's, it's like a kind of like an autobiography but it's a lot of just cool things about growing up and about like what, it, you know, like his, his interesting upbringing. Great read though. And I'm just such a weird fanboy of theirs. The whole time I'm sitting there listening to, or watch or rather reading it. I'm like, Oh, I'm hearing it in his voice. Yeah. Only to later find out from my fiance that he narrates the audiobook. I was uh, like, Oh, I blew it. Why did I even bother reading? I could have had him actually read in my brain. You know, I'm definitely going to get that audiobook, man. Totally worth your time. I thought it was a really interesting read, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's just a lot of interesting things about, up, you know, he does a lot of stuff about like, you know, how society like kind of forms like the male psyche and stuff. I found that stuff fascinating, especially because I'm like, you're a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, right. and not that obviously I would argue that if you're a at least relatively good, funny person, I think that requires a lot of intelligence. So, you know, I, it's one of those that I'm like, I hate to ever be like, wow, I can't believe a comedian saying it. And I don't mean it that way. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's just really interesting that we're getting like a, you, there were no jokes for it. Right. It was just very like, here's an experience I had. Here's like a little cute anecdote about it. Right. Oh, I could talk about them forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll save it. We'll save it for uh, another podcast after I, exactly. after I listen to that. But um but yeah, my apartment is crazy hot, so I gotta like wrap it up and turn on my AC. Sounds good. But uh, yeah, I'm so sorry to mean to talk you to death. I guess even though that may be a little bit. The that's point the here, point. But... So what's uh <laughs> yeah? Tell us just like I don't know. Give us a little synopsis about the short film. Uh, a little more than what you said, and kind of where we can yeah. see it or and all and all that stuff. So- yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, the the short is called Chiluminati, so it's like Chili and Illuminati put together. Nice. Um, you can find us our so we have a few pages. Uh, if you want to follow like the professional serious stuff, if you like commercial work, like we've been doing a lot of projects for like touring musicians lately, like little promo packages and stuff like that. Um, you can look up our company, Local Local Favorite Productions, which is on Facebook. Uh, the dot com, depending on when this episode releases, the dot com might be up since it'll probably be up in the next couple of days, uh, which will be localfavoriteproductions.com. Uh, however, you can pull us up on YouTube. You'll see that. Uh, I think also if you just look up Cincinnati 48-hour film project, I'm sure you'll find it in there. There's a giant picture of my dumb face on there. Uh, they give a short synopsis, though, a – uh, I play a man who is hoping that his best friend, a car mechanic, will repair his car. Uh, however, his friend has dove, has been uh, way too deep in r slash conspiracy on Reddit nice. and decides to tell me that there is a globally organized conspiracy starting out of Cincinnati involving the uh, owners of the Cincinnati Chili Companies who are trying to threaten people around town. So that is the short story I, you know and honestly the real sell is we chili boarded my friend ryan and that's like waterboarding with chili and it's just as awesome as you think it is oh, and he hated it which made it even better to me that sounds so, awful uh yeah it was disgusting it was the grossest thing i've ever seen and or smelled i think and i used to suck shit out of airplanes so well you know <laughs> yeah he's like, like top tier so that's coming out we got a couple other shorts coming out. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we've done recently. We did a music video for a band called Founding Fathers. That was kind of interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, but that was a really fun gig. They came to me and they're like, hey, we got this weird idea. We want to do like a uh, public access show gone wrong. And I was like, I think I'm just the person for that. So we did a fun little gig for that. And yeah, we're just trying to get out there to do more things. You know, I um, at the end of uh, this, it's this coming week. So 
at the end of August, there's a, a new film festival launching in Cincinnati that we're premiering at, and I'm really excited about that. So who knows? I'm just hoping this is a good weekend where I get to make some cool connections and hopefully get to make some other cool stuff with people that, you know, think I have something interesting to offer, you know? Yeah, man, definitely. Like, yeah, good luck with that. Is that the Sindependent Film Festival? It is indeed. Yep. Okay, cool. Everybody running that has been great. There's a lot of great sponsors. I'm so stoked. This is my first film festival. I've never even attended one. So like, this is my first short film. It got picked up. I've got a great slot. We're playing as part of the opening night ceremony, which blows my mind because they like really have good movies playing. And yeah. then I'm like, who's, you know, I, I joked, I kept joking. I was like, whose ass did I kiss to get so lucky? Yeah. You know, but you know, I, uh, it just, it's, it's totally changed my demeanor lately. I feel very, I just feel hopeful for the first time in a long time as far as my goals and dreams go, Yeah. you know, so well, maybe you didn't kiss anyone's ass. Maybe you just made something good. So that's see, but you know, like I said earlier, I just want to make sure I always take the most, you know, uh, self-loathing right. version of any potential, yeah. so as to not become the egomaniac I'm so afraid of being. Yeah, you probably, uh, uh, you probably hypnotized yourself and you blew someone for that spot. To be honest, you wouldn't be the first time, my friend. Yep, that's how that went. <laughs> Well, Joey, thanks again so much for your opportunity. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. If I can ever do anything for you, I would love to help. Even yeah. if you just need somebody to bounce ideas off of or anything like that, whatever I can do, dude, I, I want to support know. the brand. I definitely, uh, yeah, and if I, I, I will definitely be hitting you up for another podcast sometime soon. So, Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm happy to help out, man, by all means. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Good luck with the film festival, dude. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Peace.